Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of Rebels Rewatch. I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Moment. And we are still chugging along, uh, getting... This is the halfway point-ish of uh, Season 2. Um, towards the end of this season, we start to get into some uh, two-parter um, kinds of episodes, so um, more than likely uh, won't take as many episodes to get through the rest of this season, but... Um, it's building up, it's getting interesting, and this episode takes a bit of a turn. Um, obviously, I don't think there's any episode that's completely lighthearted, no. but uh, the last couple of episodes have been fairly, hey, let's go on an adventure. Um, Ooh, kind of. adventure? <laughs> yeah. Go um, you know, we have the whole Sabine and, and Ketsu uh, sort of rivalry episode. Yeah. We have the um, dad buddy cop episode with rex and kanan my two dads uh yeah um this one um gets back to some elements of the overarching story because so uh, you know every now and then obviously the show checks in with the main plot um and at this point it has to do with obviously not only uh is the empire hunting down the rebel cells they know that there's groups of rebels they're trying to legitimize themselves and so they're constantly chasing after them but also in that narrative is that they're trying to find, capture, or squander anything to do with the light side of the Force. You know, that's where yeah. the Inquisitors come in. And obviously, um, Kanan and Ezra made a little bit of a Jedi noise in the finale of Season 1 and beginning of Season 2. Yeah. Um, they are very out there. So, uh, so, so are the Inquisitors. Uh, it's been... About four or five episodes since we we last uh, uh, encountered the Inquisitors. Um, It was on that abandoned medical station one um, where really um, the two Inquisitors we come in contact with here were introduced. Mm -hmm. So we find out kind of what they've been up to in the meantime um, after letting the uh, rebels get through their grasp. Um, And it, it shows us essentially through the, 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 intro what 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 i would call a cold opening yeah uh i i love frigid a lot about this episode um this intro and um pretty much all of the ahsoka moments are uh the majority of what make this episode so so great Mm -hmm. um you know and this it's just bigger and heavier because again it deals with this bigger story than just oh, the rebels are running some errands or, you know, getting caught in some hijinks. This is, uh, you know, deeper stuff. Yeah, and we get to see, like, a concept that we saw a little bit in the Clone Wars, which is, you know, where do you get the next generation of Force users? Yeah. The babies. Uh, Yeah, and that's directly referenced in this episode by Ahsoka because she was there um, the first time this sort of thing uh, happened. Baby Athorians are super cute. Yeah. Can we just like take a moment to appreciate every baby Athorians? every species of Star Wars is cute when they're a baby. Uh, just I mean, what, which one hasn't been cute except the human? Greedo. The baby, um, the baby Rodian. Thank you for reminding me of the race. I don't know. I just I don't find Rodians aesthetically pleasing. I don't think you're be... supposed to. No, <laughs> but like I don't know. It's it's a mix of the big eyes and the kissy lips. I don't know. I think that's very traditional, traditional alien inspired, kind of like the Duros, where it's just very mm. 
traditional concepts of what makes yeah. an alien kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I think every species of Star Wars uh, is cute when they're a baby, except the humans. Very true. You do not, you're not a fan of human babies. <laughs> I'm not. Your name is Michael J. Caboose, and you hate babies. I hate babies. Uh, don't take that too seriously. If you do, Please you, don't. you haven't been on the internet for a long time. <laughs> um, so, uh, this cold opening. So, this is, it does a really good job of letting you know, I mean, this is going to be a serious thing. This really establishes if you need, like, as if you needed it, that um, the the uh, Inquisitors are bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts off with this ship that's being boarded and everybody's freaking out. And there's this mom with her baby. Um, and uh, the Inquisitors, re- you know, show that they're there for the baby. Yeah. Um, By saying, we're here for the baby. <laughs> and, Give us um, the baby. As, as any mother would do, refu- you know, she refuses. Uh, and they answer in kind by killing everybody and yeah. taking the baby. Um, so this starts off, I mean, they're attacking a civilian transport for the sake of capturing a Force-sensitive baby. Let's just go ahead. And the deal is yeah. the, the babies are Force-sensitive. Uh, a part of the, the episode is them trying to figure out what, like, what's the deal? What are they after? It, it's that these babies are Force-sensitive. And, you know, like you mentioned, and, and much like the episode of the Clone Wars, um, Children of the Force, which deals with the same concept that, the, you know, n- no one's willingly very often uh, joining the dark side. Yeah. Very rarely do people willingly join the dark side. Uh, and if they do, it's usually out of fear for what would happen if they didn't. It's yeah. usually a Coercion. lot of, Yeah. So, um, you know, it's much easier, much like it's easier to make a Jedi if you've had them their whole life. Um, you know, the, the dark side takes a similar route. And in the Clone Wars, Sidious was already experimenting with this. Yeah. Um, and yet again, we see it here. Um, and I mean, they don't get too deep into the matter. I mean, essentially, the episode's more so about we've got to find their next target and prevent them from kidnapping another baby. Yeah. It's more about protecting the babies than understanding the plot. It's one of those things. Like, we see it all over Star Wars is, you know, like you said, having the next generation ready-made for you. Um, and I think we kind of excuse it when it comes to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But the dark side, it's much more insidious and stuff like that. Like, um, I've talked about it before, but in the Darth Vader series, I don't remember which section or issue it's in, but we see Eeth Koth, his daughter, mm-hmm. be taken by Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's heartbreaking that whole situation oh yeah this is not well i mean this was new then um because the comics came out after that yeah but it follows up and reinforces i mean you know even vader was running on these missions in terms of this was a primary interest of the dark side it makes you think is did all of the inquisitors nope thank you for answering my question uh now clearly there are some that could have been um and there are clearly there are uh, probably some babies they were successful in getting. Yeah. We don't know enough or, uh, about the Inquisitors to know how many there are, how like how long did they last, how long were they out there, what, yeah. you know, they're, they're still a very interesting thing. And I think when we were talking about the uh, season two, uh, you know, kickoff, the one that deals with the Grand Inquisitor um, and all this other stuff, like, you know, it's still such an interesting and unexplored uh, concept. Yeah. We know enough that they're 
they fit yeah. in. They're bad guys. But we don't entirely understand their their uh, full extent. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I think that that's still plenty of, of room to explore. And I think it's something interesting to explore. Yeah. You still don't know what happened to Eve daughter. Exactly. Like, Jedi Fallen Order was a perfect example. <laughs> like, you could have shown us. I like, mean, it would have been probably around that time, though. Yeah. I mean, she would still be a baby. So it's like, True. so what What happens? Have Cal rescue baby. Because we don't exactly just see all the inquisitors killed we don't exactly see the end of them yeah i mean we just know we see them and then we don't it's um, just a reminder that they're probably still out there who knows uh i mean so far star wars comics are starting to get towards episode five so now will be a time where we may see them come back into the comics which means that they still are a thing yeah uh or maybe by the time of episode five they'd already abandoned the idea of inquisitors who knows? Yeah. Uh, there's still definitely Jedi out there to hunt as well. Not just retrieving Force-sensitive babies, but there are other Jedi that are confirmed to have survived Order 66. Okay, let's follow the story of hunting them down. Like, yeah. like let's get into those interesting elements uh, in storytelling. As we sort of introduced last week uh, in preparing to talk about this episode, this is the return of Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, after the season premiere where she kind of felt out and realized who Darth Vader was, or at least had gave some strong impressions who he was, she kind of had to step off and, and investigate some things on her own. Yeah. We don't really get into all that. We They also just need an, an excuse for, for her not to be in every episode. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, what do you think she thought happened? Like, I mean, very prob- obviously, she felt something happen. Well, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they distinctly play it in general as, you know, Darth Vader's aura is different than Anakin's. Yeah. So if anybody different characters. Yeah, if anybody f- reached out f- to a specific person or to find a specific person, they, you know, it would have come up empty. They wouldn't have been able to sense him for cuz for all intents and purposes, he was not alive or yeah. or his essence had completely changed. So if she tried to feel out for him and didn't feel anything, she probably just assumed he fell victim to, you know, what nearly happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, maybe she had the benefit of the doubt and might have looked into some things in terms of, hey, like, you know, if I could survive, if I figured it out, surely Anakin could have defended yeah. himself and figured it out. But again, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last real public time. I mean, saving the Chancellor, I guess, was the last real time he would have been out and about. Because um, by and large, he just hangs out on Coruscant until yeah. Order 66 happens. And it's likely that people just assumed, oh, he's either dead or, you know. I mean, well, you not. know, with the with the Jedi Temple going down, I mean, yeah. it could have been up to that. And maybe he went to defend the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of... He's Schrodinger's Jedi. Yeah. Is he? Isn't he? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of ways you can take it or justify her just coming to terms with it. Yeah. And I think emotionally at some point she just kind of probably had to and just to move on because, you know, this is around uh, 15, 14 years later. So it's a matter of at some point emotionally she had to kind of move on and decide what she was going to do instead of spending her whole life just trying to find this lost Jedi. Yeah. Um, 
and even knowing of Vader doesn't mean she know she like ran into Vader before. So this being the first time they've been able to encounter each other, this is the closest she would have been able to get to, hey, wait, this is a little too familiar. Yeah. You know, if you kind of filter it this way and, and kind of, you know, look at it that way and squint a little, it looks like Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> you it, know? it would be interesting to get some kind of mention of maybe a, a scene happening at the same time uh, where you get Vader going to the planet. I don't remember which one it is where uh, the Venator uh, crashed. Yeah. Well, I mean, now having season seven, I mean, that's a big question is, is that within the same time frame? Is that literally it crashed in summer? He's looking at it in winter, like yeah. months have passed or did he go after that? Yeah. Um, and did he did he search that out after the scene we had in the premiere in terms of yeah wait a minute you know i never checked on that because i just assumed from the report it went down um maybe like a scene of ahsoka i could go either way looking for i don't know some kind of information yeah i mean it, it really could go either way in terms of but they both kind of just investigated but then shut it out or you know yeah there, there's no real telling, but, um, I mean, either way, finding out someone you thought was dead is alive in general is very yeah. emotionally scarring. Oh yeah. And especially saw, if you've already gone through the grief process. Yeah. And I saw a great tweet. Um, it, I don't remember the user, but it was very thought provoking of, you know, Vader didn't have to go and make sure that Ahsoka was dead, but Anakin did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, if it did happen, after him having cause for us assuming she survived, um, you know, for him, it's got to be a bit of, you know, oh, oh no. And, you know, is this hope for me? You know, like, does this give me hope? Like, I've got to get rid of this before it, you know, uh, before something else happens. Yeah. Like, you know, him wanting to get rid of anything that could bring back his past. Um but yeah, it could have been early on in that, you know, before he was completely shut off as Anakin, that he hoped maybe she had survived and maybe he could have turned her and they could have destroyed the Emperor and then it would have been okay. Like, uh, there's, there's a number of ways it could definitely go and, and be interpreted. Yeah. Um, whatever, you know, soul-searching Ahsoka went on... Um, Either she's come to peace with it or she's just kind of like still, I don't know, but I, I got to get back, you know, to work. I've got to do stuff. Because um, by and large, the way they treat this is this is Jedi business, not rebel business. Yes. So her main reason for being there is it's Jedi business. This is not something they want just anybody handling. You know, she reaches out to Kanan and uh, by extension Ezra for help. Because um, she gets two leads on where they could have gone. Um, and so the idea is they split up. So, uh, Ahsoka investigates one, Kanan, Ezra, uh, Chopper and Zeb, man, mm -hmm. the, the team's a little outweighed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they all go to investigate another. Um, and so they end up heading to a place called Hammertown. Um, I don't Stop. recall the Hammertown. Yeah. I don't recall the planet, but it, essentially it's a, it, like a little Athorian, uh, yeah village on a bigger planet um and sure enough they're right because by the time they actually kind of feel through the force for um you know their whole thing is okay 
if the kids are force sensitive, then just reach out and find hints of the force uh, that will lead you to the kid. Um, in this case, it leads them to where the kid was mm-hmm. uh, because the the inquisitors. Um, no, uh, they didn't get him yet. They, no. She she sent him away with a droid. Yeah, a very Wally looking droid. Um, a wedge droid. Um, this goes back to the old school days of A New Hope droids. Um, it's literally just a treadwell with a pipe and then a set of binoculars on it. And two this is arms. A, yeah. Um, this one's a little modified. Um, and it's so funny because once they figure that out, Zeb's outside keeping watch when he, the, as soon as they're like, hey, a droid has the baby. He's like, oh, I see it. You know? Yeah. Um, also. It kind of intersects at the same time. Can we just talk for a second mm-hmm. out of all of the characters to leave a baby with yes chopper yes because he's grandpa he won't he won't hurt a baby just stupid people that we know of yeah, he's pretty good with babies we find he is i mean throughout this episode we see he's probably the best with babies okay you know he probably had a good time with Hera's kid but out of all the characters otherwise zeb that one i'll give you yes yes <laughs> <laughs> he has Two babies yeah. in this episode that he is juggling, juggling. Just, yeah. Oh boy. Um, it's really funny how it all uh, kind of intersects in terms of, hey, look for this. Wait, no, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, and as soon as he gets the baby, though, the the inquisitors show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just it's high tailing now. I mean, like the pace is up, and the you know the danger is up with it. Yeah. So the hard part is they're trying to escape with a baby, but I mean, you've got to lose the inquisitors, but everybody's force sensitive. So it's like, you know, it's okay. You've got to suppress the force and you've got to keep the baby quiet and yeah. you've got to move quickly. Like, yeah. And just to remind how do you do all of Ithorians it? have four throats. Yeah. Uh, so it's a loud baby. It's a um, baby. What's funny is Kanan encourages Ezra to use, you know, we know he's connected with fauna and animals and, Whatnot. He's got a connection with yeah. um, beasts. What are so, babies? Uh, but yeah, Animals. but beasts. Um, <laughs> you know, so they. Uh, Kanan encourages him, like, "Hey, connect with it." He's he's scared because you're scared, which is just good parent advice. Yeah, actually. Um, you know, just as they start to get it calm, then there's this sort of almost um, sort of born uh, ultimatum um, kind of chase. Yeah. It's very through apartments, through tiny little uh, cube apartments. Um, sorry. It, it, it's, it's a common thing in a lot of uh, spy action thrillers is yeah. jumping from apartment to apartment, running around tight corridors. What doesn't normally happen um, in those kinds of movies, though, is a lightsaber coming through the floor yeah. <laughs> right underneath their feet. Well, what's so great. funny is because Kanan calls it out, he senses it and he's like, Zeb, look out. And Zeb does nothing. And then the saber happens, but nothing, of course, happens to Zeb. Of but it's not, just like, it's Zeb. okay, first of all, Kanan, bad call. Second of all, Zeb, react. <laughs> when someone tells you to do something, react. react. Like, you know, when you have a good relationship with someone, like, I feel like if, if something were happening and I told you to do something, you would just trust, I know what I'm talking about. Yes. There is a danger. Let me just listen. Yeah. Don't, and- let, don't ask. Don't, what? Don't, no, just react. Do it. It, it's a multi-level thing between us because I have a tendency to zone out and not pay attention to my surroundings. So when you say, look out. Like, well, it catches you, but yeah, yeah, like it's, it's an instant thing. I mean, obviously this is for a, a silly, like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But you he know, almost loses his toll. Yeah, I mean, it would have been bad. I mean, he's only got three of them. Right? So wait, wait, what? No, yeah. he's got four. Well, he's got a. Oh, he's got four. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Thank Sorry, you. I don't have a Black Series figure to look at to tell me how many toes oh, he has yet. That was. Don't worry, mine's salty. on pre-order. Um, finally getting the last member of the Ghost Crew. So yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So the lightsabers do make a little bit of a challenge. Um, but so ultimately, though, again, they kind of use their uh, surroundings and use Ezra's talent. They're like, hey, you're tiny. He's tiny. Get an event. <laughs> uh, we'll go this way and chase yeah. him. And, you know, and it works um, by and large. There's this really tense uh, vent uh, scene where uh, the the brother kind of hears something and uses his saber to stab in the vents a little bit, but stops just short, um, yeah. which is a very common thing because then they get distracted. It's like, oh no, they've got to go that way. Um, and then there's more of the banter of the Inquisitors, Shark Mouth and Bug Girl. Oh yeah, um, Shark Boy, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, and so uh, Ezra does get out, um, so do Kanan and Zeb, and they kind of all intersect, and it's just kind of all crazy. And, I mean, you feel the difficulty of, like, you know, with Force users, with Jedi, Sith, Inquisitor, whatever uh, status you want to put on them, um, it, is, it is difficult. How do you lose someone that's so in tune with everything around them? Yeah. Uh, it really is one of those situations you do have to kind of face it. You can't necessarily escape it all the time. Um, and sometimes it works, but, you know, they've already escaped them once. So clearly the Inquisitors are really, we've got to get this. Yeah. Um, you know, they you, we know who they work for. Yeah. And we know what happens if they fail. Exactly. We've seen. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure on everything, and um, it really seems like in a moment, like, oh my gosh, it is going to have to be a, all right, well, let's stand our ground and face it. Um, and then there, we get this epic, great reveal of uh, Ahsoka, hmm. who steps in at the perfect time. So great. Um, it's really interesting how, you know, comparing back to season one, anytime Ezra did anything, it paled in comparison to Kanan. Mm-hmm. Kanan was the example of a Jedi for our first season because he had a lot of admirable qualities and arguably I'd say season two has revealed a lot of his faults not in a bad way but I do think that reintroducing the clones um introducing his anxieties about teaching Ezra introducing his sort of brashness and inability to calm himself all the time yeah it's a lot of things that uh you know really highlight that he didn't complete his training. Yeah, he was a child. Yeah. Um, a lot of what makes him good at what he does is what he learned on the streets, not what he learned in the temple. And so to then compare to a character like Ahsoka, who compared to Kanan did go all the way in terms of training and had a very, you know, ingenuitive master and was in the middle of a war for her entire life. And, you know, and I'll, and she too had elements of the streets to educators. Yeah, but, street smarts. By and she had more. I, I want to say about five or so yeah. years on Kanan. She's older than Kanan. Yeah, she had a money clip. Um, and I would say she was exposed. You know, you mentioned like she had a very different kind of master, but she, at the same time, I feel like she, she was exposed more than Kanan because Kanan was younger, yeah. more of a Padawan. By the time of her end in the Clone Wars. Um, as a Jedi, I mean, yeah. um, 
she'd seen a lot more than I think your average Padawan because of, yeah. because of Anakin, you know, because of the kinds of missions she took, the kinds of the, because of the kind of, um, brass brashness and, and yeah, eagerness. To, yeah. Like yeah. they would do things, take things and get involved in things. No other Jedi really did. The perfect example of this. And I, I have no doubt that she learned this from Anakin or thought of it because of Anakin's sideways thinking. Mm-hmm is when, you know, she steps in to fight the Inquisitor and she takes a moment, she deactivates her lightsabers and starts to meditate. Mm-hmm. And when the the sister, I, seventh sister, thank you, um, <laughs> comes up to her and starts to attack, she just grabs her lightsaber and deactivates it. Uh, no, I don't even think that's, I think that's all Ahsoka. That I is, don't even think that's Anakin. That is 100% an Anakin. An, uh, <laughs> if Anakin had the idea, he would do it. No. No, no. I, I think that counters everything. Like that—that's well, my whole thing. Is this is to signify she she's not Anakin. She's not Anakin Junior anymore. Very true. She she's fleshed her own style out. She's also learned from what Obi Wan has said before in that there's alternatives to fighting. True. Like, and she's balanced. She's not necess- She knows she can beat them. Yeah, it's just a dope idea. Like it, I can't believe that no one's thought of that. Before. No, absolutely. Well, that's the thing is she's not necessarily trying to kill her enemy. She's not necessarily trying to, she's trying to deescalate. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the most Jedi thing a non Jedi can do because um, it, you know, it's just, it's really, again, pure Ahsoka-ness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, when she comes in, she's even introduced in white light. She's pure. Sure. She's very um, untouched. Hey, I, I didn't think of it that way. I mean, but I, I no, I, I, I agree that the ingenuity yeah. definitely was inspired by, uh, if anything, this is sort of a culmination of all that we've seen pour into yeah. her. Uh, the ingenuity of Anakin to do what no one has thought of the patience of Obi-Wan to let them strike first, the peacefulness of Qui-Gon, even though she'd never encountered him, but the peacefulness of look, we'll just lay lay it down because clearly you've lost this. And I love this. I wish we could get more kind of ingenuitive Jedi stories. Like we see non-traditional Jedi in Rebels. And I think that they're very well done in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like you have Kanan fighting with a blaster more than he does a lightsaber most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, in yeah, yeah, uh, you see Ahsoka pulling that move, which is just dope. You see Ezra with his lightsaber blaster. Like I love throwing away tradition. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not your typical sword fight. Exactly. I mean, if anything, it's boring because she's able to. She's able to take care of it so quickly. Yeah. But again, you know, the greatest weapon is to de-weaponize. And yeah. so, and, and that's you, what she does. Could you imagine just grabbing a gun out of someone's hand? Like that scene in... Uh, like every Jackie Chan movie. Well, I was thinking about Doctor Who specifically, where he... It's... I think it's Doomsday, where he walks across the room, grabs the gun out of the kid's hand, and is like, if I see one more gun. <laughs> that is my favorite tenant moment. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's much better and more complete than just beating her and, yeah. or just ending the fight. I mean, um, and, you know, just visually, it's cool. It, it puts her on a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, whereas Kanan and Ezra and all the others, their whole thing for solving it, which to their credit, they did have a child to consider, but their whole thing is 
to not handle it, yeah. whereas she faces it directly. Um, and so she's she takes the uh, Inquisitors no problem. And again, that's the thing is uh, Kanan barely beat the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, he threw him off a bridge. Yeah. I and mean, even then he threw himself off a bridge, essentially. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he was able to disarm him um, very easily. But like, yeah, yeah ultimately the, Inquis- the Grand Inquisitor took it. But for the most part, Kanan had to seriously find his center to even be able to do that. Um, Whereas Ahsoka doesn't even break a sweat. I mean, it shows she's on a whole nother level. Oh yeah. She did not let her training waver in any way. Um, You know, she still is very much a part of that life, which is really cool. Yeah. And I know we keep talking about season seven of the Clone Wars, but it's great. All right. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep talking about it for a very long time. Like, even with the fight with Maul, she goes for the head immediately. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> she well, knows. That's the thing, though. Is, I mean, even then, I'd say that's a very different tactic than we see here. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, she's looking to de-head, not disarm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to de-leg like Obi-Wan. Yeah, no, she's she's trying to make it serious. And I think that's what makes Ahsoka such a great character, like you said, is she is an amalgamation of different people's teaching. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that move in the fight with Maul was from hearing the story that Obi-Wan told tells. And it was just like, I should have gone for the head. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love little tidbits like that. Yeah. That add to her character and what a great character she is. Oh yeah. Well, you know, she's meant to be, uh, maybe not so much in rebels, but definitely during clone Wars, she's meant to be that funnel. We see the rest of the narrative through. Yeah. So it makes sense that she would be a character that's built off of other characters. Yeah. Um, you know, even here, I mean, again, this is the most pure she's she is, but you can still draw those lines and connections that you see where it comes from. Uh, and clearly, you know, a big part of it comes from just her experience. I mean, uh, of, of everyone there, she has the most experience. Um, she's faced probably the most. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, all in all, being a quick duel, it's a great duel, and it's also just a, a great character moment for her. Um, ultimately, um, the Empire shows up just in time because we do have to end the episode, um, and she's not going to kill the Inquisitors, no. but they're not going to surrender either. So we've got to kind of cop it out. Um, ultimately, they are all able to escape, though, um, mm. and... Though, so at one point during the episode when uh, Ezra's trying to calm the baby down, um, you know, the, the Seventh Sister uses probe droids. And one yes. uh, captured that moment, and he's trying to calm the baby, and he just kind of has a throwaway of just like, oh, yeah, see, it's not so bad. You like me. Maybe you can come hang out with us on so-and-so planet. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like he, he basically eat, name drops um, – where the majority of the rebel uh, concentration is. Yeah. And so even though they win, they save the kids and they escape. um, Technically the inquisitors still also win because now they know where to go. Great use of probe droids. Probe droids. Oh yeah. Well, that's the whole thing is eavesdropping and manipulation and secrets. Like, you know, again, another creative thing is using, using droids in in that way. Um, Something we hadn't seen before really. So uh, it's very, very cool. But, it, uh, you know, it ends on that tense moment of, okay, well, that's a whole nother challenge. Yeah. Then. 
And so um, it's going to be interesting see where, seeing where we go from here. Again, we're we're getting near to the end, and we're going to start getting to bigger uh, episode arcs, uh, multi-episode arcs and whatnot. So look forward to that. But yeah. we're looking forward to continuing our Rebels rewatch yeah. next week. You can always count on it. Yeah. Um, next week's episode's heavy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're kind of getting to that point uh, with uh, the show and the, the, the part of the season where it's been fun. We've been having a lot of adventures. We're building it. We're building up. The rest of the season's just yeah. very, very much heavy. Yeah. I'll say, that, like, season two is a lot about, like, legacy and dealing with the past and at least so far. Well, because all, so many of the characters have a past to deal with. Yeah. For them to grow as characters, you know, it can't just be, oh, let's mo- keep moving forward and doing, like, you know, they, they do have to face what makes them them. Um, yeah. And and again, although they are rebels and a part of a structure, it's still very much about their individual journeys. Um, yeah. They can be rebels all they want, but, you know, it's it's episodes like, the next one about legacy it's about the episodes about sabine and canaan and all the yeah. all these different things that build these individual characters that builds this network that builds this family that creates this this really great show so mm-hmm. um it's going to be a lot of that yeah. um looking forward to it we get some cool cameos later in the season as well all kinds of good stuff season two yeah. is really 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 good you get clancy brown that's always we do. a plus um, because he's got to be in everything. Of course he does. <laughs> um, you know, in this one, he just sounds like Clancy Brown. Um, Are you complaining? I mean, it's just one of those things. When you've already had him show up, you kind of got to do something a little different. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, Savage is a little bit deeper than is normal, but it's still obviously Clancy Brown. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's just funny how many of these deep-voiced characters sound like Clancy Brown. That's going to be our next Very podcast convenient. is... Find Clancy Brown. Find, finding Clancy Brown. Um, like Goodwill Hunting. No, he's a cool dude and um, always awesome to have. He makes any show. He's 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 iconic, sure. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely don't hold him against him. Uh, and he's got a really cool character, really cool uh, influence on Ezra's story. Yeah. So that's next week. Uh, we start to focus on Ezra and his story, his past a little bit and everything. So um, more of that uh, character arc trade-off. So... Uh, we'll see the payoff soon of of this and the Inquisitors learning of the Rebels' um, sort of base of operations and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, but you'll have to tune in next week for that. So um, check us back and all the usual places, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that, to stay tuned for when we post new episodes and all that good stuff. Uh, thanks to uh, Red 5 Network and Game Infinite, two networks of awesome people doing awesome things. Highly recommend you check them out. Check them out. I, I always recommend people go to the Twitter because that's where you can see their latest uh, tweets, latest information, and all that. And you can connect to their websites from there. But yeah. Red Five Network, whole bunch of cool Star Wars podcasty people. Game Infinite, all kinds of gaming, cosplay, art stuff. Um, so if you're if you love geek stuff, you'll love that. Yeah. We're thankful for uh, the platform they give us and the friendship they give us as well Aww. um yeah so uh lots of interesting topics over on the main show as well so uh keep an eye out for what we're doing next because we're excited for it but until next time that's it yeah bye. may the force be with you <laughs> bye